Hey Curious Conneries, Dylan here. We just want to give you a heads up that the following program contains conversation relating to topics that may or may not include physical and sexual assault and self-harm and mistreatment of different cultures. We are in no way condoning these things. But given that Sean Connery has acted in films going back many years, they've tended to come up. To spin a phrase from Disney, many of these films include negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures that were certainly wrong then and are definitely wrong now. But rather than not discuss this content, we'd like to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and create conversation for a richer future. Stay curious, folks. And now, on to our show. What a momentous occasion this is. Ooh, this is weird. For the first time, folks, we just did the intro live. Oh, I need to tighten my mic stand. Okay. Completely Hi, live. folks. I'm Dylan Titus. I'm Mario Lima. And for the first time in Connery Curious history, but not our history, we're in the same room together. And I'm real, real sloppy. And I'm like, we should just start recording because my cat's in here and it's golden <laughs> content. And now she left and I'm like, wow, Mike's all over the place. The podcast still, is ruined. I, yeah, I'm, I'm still all over the place. I got to go poop. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, what do I start a podcast? Mario, it's great to have you here. Great to have you. In my home. We're pounding. Pounding fists. We're there fisting we right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pre-podcast. <laughs> We've been doing it for years. Fisting. Yes, <laughs> pre. <laughs> oh, it's good it's to have you here, my friend. It's good to have you too, man. Uh, well, can I see that lighter? Yeah, so let's light these up. Yes, let's fire these up. <laughs> Should we light them the way they did in well, we Man don't Who have Would Be Oh fuck, we gotta do that ne- next live podcast. Next time, next time, <laughs> we would light these uh, uh, ceremonious candles. Um, <laughs> we would light them in the fa- in the fashion uh, depicted in the film The Man Who Would Be King, where Michael Caine and Sean Connery light each other's cigarettes. Yes, and it's very. British. It's very British. But we're not talking about that movie, unfortunately. Unfortunately. This one is interesting. Yeah. Well, give us a second to warm up here, folks. Let's just leave all this in. This is comfy mm. and cozy. Yeah. It's uh, Sunday. If you guys are listening to this, it's on a Sunday. Are those a comfortable pair of headphones for you? Yeah, I like them. Yeah? Okay, good. It's nice. It is weird to hear my voice in my headset. In your head? In my head. I hear I, I hear voices usually in my head. We've but. got another uh, set of headphones for his penis. <laughs> Strictly for the fi- for the fish thing, you see. <laughs> Strictly uh, for the fish thing, ish, you see. That's a Connery film I can't wait to get to. Strictly for the fish thing. Strictly, <laughs> Strictly for the fish thing. Yes, one of Ian Fleming's late books. <laughs> the only reason I visit Pornhub, strictly for the fishing. All right, well, this is instantly an explicit podcast. Let's go. And that'll be the episode description, I think. That's why why we always click the explicit 
rating before we upload a podcast because they for put that sure. in there. They're like, yes. This is a clean po- No, this is not made for children. Is there mention of fisting? <laughs> And not even, not even, of a, not even of a sexual nature. We're talking about like Alicia. Mates. Alicia has this app that Fisting. like it's, like, it's called. It's like does the dog die? So it tells you a list of movies. Does the dog the di- <laughs> If the dog dies in the movie, oh, like great. she watched like a film. I forgot what movie it was. I think it was called Dog. That Channing Tatum in it. He's like, a well, of course dog. the dog's gonna die. <laughs> no, the dog lives in that oh, one. Okay, thank God. Spoilers for twenty. 21's, I think 2021's dog. With dog Channing, does not die. Channing's Tatum's. Channing's Shatum's. But they should make. <laughs> the reason I'm telling this story is because they should make an app that <laughs> mentions if there's fisting in the movie. <laughs> and our podcast will be on that list. All right, folks. If, if you know if there's an actual cinematic Hollywood released film that is not. It's not X-rated. It's not even NC-17. It has to be R or below. It's probably only going to be R, in which there is fisting. It doesn't have to happen, but it's, like, implied to happen. It can be just out of frame. It's probably some film from France or something. (laughs) Also, audience, don't get us twisted here. We're talking about fist bumping. We're not talking about other kind of fist. Exactly. Yeah. It's all only fist bumping. Exactly. Sick, perverted behavior. Does it fist bump? Tired of seeing people do this. Shake hands like a normal person. <laughs> We're past COVID, aren't we? Yeah, right? <laughs> Lick your hand before you shake the other person's hand. Because they'll have licked theirs too. And that will protect you from any bad luck. <laughs> it's, it's simply tradition, folks. Simply tradition. Simply tradition. Get used to it. That's it. Well, if we haven't already made it abundantly clear, it's Connery Curious time. I'm curious about this movie. Welcome to Connery Curious, folks, where today we're talking about 1957's Action of the Tiger. Oh, it was 1957. I thought it was... I thought it was... Is it late? Is it really? For some reason, I thought it was later. Yeah, that makes 1957. sense. 1957. Yeah, that makes sense because Dr. No comes out... Four years after? Five years after? 62, so five years. <coughs> five years. So yes, so our first our first pre-Bond Connery film. See that light again, sir. Yes. Oh. I'm all over the place. I need to get myself a an arm, <laughs> like a nice arm oh, yeah, for me the, too. for my arm. Like uh, General Grievous style. Um, no, but a nice microphone arm. Ah, this microphone will make a fine part of my collection. <laughs> this lightsaber will make a fine addition to my collection. Oh, that's a negotiator. If Connery, Connery was General Grievous, that'd be dope. Ah, General Kenobi. Well, it was right after um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. 2005. Well, I think we discussed that, like how cool Connery would have been in, in Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Like... I, th- I said he would have been Mace Windu. Oh yeah, Mace, Mace Windu. Yeah, I think I, don't I think suggested he... Dooku. I don't think he would have been Dooku. I think they would have gone with because Dooku for the longest time, I believe. This is time of Star Wars trivia, folks. We'll get to this movie eventually. <laughs> um, I believe uh, Dooku was supposed to be like a weird alien, really, for the longest time, and then they got Christopher Lee, and it's like, well, we have Christopher Lee, so yeah, you can't. Or they had George Lucas had an opportunity to cast him in something, and he's like, well, let's make him Dooku. So. Hmm. Which worked out in the end, I feel. 
Yes. <coughs> and uh, as Dooku says, I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> I've, been looking forward. I've been looking forward to this. This is our first episode together. Yeah, this in is person. Momentous. This is the first episode where we've watched the movie together in mm. person. And uh, yeah, it's the first one we purchased for our home collection on Blu-ray. Yep. Well, for your home collection. Um, I'll, I'll be I'll be rolled up while I leave it. <laughs> I kind of don't want to look at it anymore. Yeah, okay. I was about to ask. I, let's just jump to it then. Yeah. Are you ever going to watch this movie again? Probably not. Nope. I think the only... I think just to, just to see the Connery part, which is great because it's only like a 26 no, minutes. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. Welcome to Connery Curious, folks. Where we don't want to talk about Connery in this movie. Nope, 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 oh. we don't. Oh God! So I mean, I guess I guess pre-spoiler, he's not in this movie very very much. He plays an important role in this movie. Yeah, in the strangely. end, strangely. Yeah. Yes, he he kind of has a Han Solo effect in the movie. So do you think? So after so in the list of movies, yes, Doctor No is straight after. There's nothing in the middle, right? Or is there? Sorry. Uh, okay, so. Between this, no, uh, it's Action of the Tiger in 1957. Then uh, also in 1957, Time Lock. Then 58, Another Time, Another Place. Another Time, Another Lock. Uh, 59, Darby O'Gill and Tarzan's Greatest Adventure. Also, that just came in the mail. Um, 61, On the Fiddle, The Frightened City. And 62, The Longest Day and Doctor No. So, one, two. Seven films, but seven years, uh, five years and seven films between Action of the Tiger and Doctor No. So he's got a bit of work ahead of him. But the okay. connecting the connecting tissue between both of those films is Terrence Young. Yeah, who directed this film? Uh, and I think he directed Doctor No a whole lot better. Mm. I think so. Like going back to that, why I asked that is like I'm trying to think what's the film. That producer said, we want him as James Bond. Could you pull your mic a little closer to you? How's that? Better? Yes. Uh, Beautiful. Maybe um, let's just... Ah, yes. Riveting, riveting podcasting. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I, should it's be, I should be right there now. Happen, you know? um, I think... Wow, mine's very sensitive. Um I think it was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I may be wrong. I could see that. But I think it was that film. But you know what? Let's give it a googs. Talk yeah. about this movie for a second. Yeah, sure. Um, so, man, yeah. So, again, pre-spoiler, not a ton of Connery in this, but when he does show up, it's a little, uh, a little weird. Not fun. Not fun. Not fun at all. And I don't know the way that I, 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 I get I don't know what... I was expecting for this. I think we discussed before that we thought, like, he probably isn't in this as much. Like, looking at the box, for God's sakes, Connery's name is not on the front at all, really. Um, I think we mentioned it when we first watched the opening credits. Connery's name is in the middle of everything. So it's like, it's weird to see him, like, not on a top credit, which is super interesting. Um just just looking at wiki it doesn't look like uh it's saying what it was but i i have a recollection of it being 
uh, or hearing in a, either a documentary or reading that, or in a podcast or something, where uh, that it was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Anyway, which makes sense. I mean, it's closer to Doctor No year, anyways, right? Uh, that is. 59. So, yeah, they would have probably been acquiring the rights around that point. Yeah. um, Or actually, I think they had the rights for a little bit. Anyway, uh, again, folks, this is not a James Bond podcast, (laughs) but we've been hitting some slogs recently, man. We just need to talk about something else. I know. So, for recap, our last film was... uh, Avengers. The Avengers from 1998. Then before that, it was... Um, sort of the valiant. Sort of valiant, yeah. And back a week, sort of the valiant was not great. Yeah. Back a week was first night, which was really fun. Yeah. And man, who would be king before that? Who, which was also really. I fun. think so far with all the movies we've done so far, I think man, who would be king is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the like. I mean, first nights. No, I I'm going to say first too. nights my favorite. Yeah, of the ones we've watched so far. Yeah, I think that, I think it's a close second, but Strange, strangely, the ones the one with the rape trick is the least rapey. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I just my voice just squeaked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the the one that originated the rape trick meme that we've created that's wild all all over the internet now. <laughs> Guys, there's more rape in this movie. There's so, <laughs> so why much. is Connery in so many movies with rape? I guess just the times. I guess I, I'm, I'm 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 assuming we're gonna run through this a lot in these earlier movies. Yeah, let's rip the bandaid off. Connery's a rapist in this movie. Yes, he's a drunk rapist. Or I mean, maybe he doesn't achieve the raping. Does that, is that the line? Like if you, I don't know. Either way, it's not up for debate. The guy is clearly intending to rape. Yeah, attempted rape is still rape. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, uh, I don't know if this is going to like demonetize us as a podcast, but this is us talking about like a problem in film. Like it's just clearly, it's so blatant in this movie. It's all over the place. There's sexual assault all over the place in this movie. And it's very uncomfortable. And just so much, especially on one woman, who was essentially our main character of yeah. the film. I think. I think she's the main character. I, I don't think Cars. All right. So you know what? Let's just get into this. Well, let's talk about the plot. Let's go through this. We've got one paragraph on Wikipedia. Let's go through this. All right. Let's so. just cover the whole paragraph, and we'll just get right into spoilers. And we'll just talk, yeah. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I readjust myself here. Got to get an arm. I have two, if you'd like. <laughs> hey. Uh, French heiress Tracy Malambert in search for her brother Henry. 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 After rumors that he defected during a diplomatic post, tries to bribe the ship captain Carson in Athens, Greece, to smuggle her into the People's Socialist Republic of Albania. This is a lot, folks. Although he refuses, she sneaks onto his ship anyway, and he reluctantly agrees to transport her. That happened? Yeah, really quickly. I thought he just... 
I thought he's just like, okay, yeah, you can come up. All right, anyway. Um, she learns that he is smuggling out Greek refugee children from northern Epirus. Epirus? Epirus. I don't know. Um, forgive me. I don't mean to be ignorant. Let's, you know what? Let me, let me make sure. Epirus. Anyway. Northern Epirus. Carson's contact, Cole Stendho, abandons them in the village of Vojsef after shooting an Albanian's, Albanian people's army sentry, where they find Hanali in a cathedral. Carson agrees to break Hanali, who was arrested and blinded by communist authorities and his lover, Mara, out of the country. Tracy and Carson take Hanri, Mara, and a group of children out of the country as they begin to fall in love. The group is ambushed by bandits led by Trifon, who agree to escort the rest of the group into Greece in exchange for allowing Tracy to remain with them. However, the bandits are killed, attacking a fake border checkpoint, and the rest are captured. Cole returns in disguise as an Albanian officer and rescues them. They finally escape a battalion of Albanian soldiers aboard Carson's yacht. All right, that leaves out so much important information. Uh, so, yeah, that's the end of it, obviously. That leaves out so much important information that I guess we'll fill in along the way. Not Maybe not important information, but like the good stuff in the movie is not covered there at all. Um, and, and obviously we've only talked about the bad stuff in the movie thus far, but there's good stuff in this movie. That last, like, sequence. Yes, that last five, five or ten minutes was great. Great. And, and, Very tense. And, and we got to have Connery in that action. It was really cool, too. Yes. So I'm glad we got that, at least, so we can, like, kind of give a little bit, a couple points to his... At, yeah, he needed something. Yeah, it just... He had one moment in this film. Like, if he didn't show really up shine. if he didn't show up at the end of this movie, I would have been like, wow, Connery was a complete piece of shit in this movie. Yes. So I'm like, you know, I let, the bar fight was fun. Uh, yes, uh, that bar fight was fun because it was... He, like, kept drunkenly avoiding everything. <laughs> like, on, it, that was, like, brilliant physical comedy on Connery's part, I gotta say. Yeah. Because he was playing drunk and, like, half passed out, and... This Carson character, played by Van Johnson, um, is trying to. It might. Uh, Sean Connery plays a character named Mike. Mike is Carson, played by Van Johnson, Carson's first mate. And Carson needs to get to the boat real quick, so he's got to pull Mike out of the drunken bar fight that he's in. And the whole bar has erupted into chaos, which I liked this sequence. I liked that progression of events. Mm. Um, and and as he's trying to pull Connery out, Connery is just loosely swaying from side to side, brilliantly playing sleeping drunk and just avoiding every every punch heading his way hits somebody else. Every chair heading his way hits somebody else. It's really good. Mm. And he almost <laughs> he almost dies, like yes yes. Do- we talk about the doc scene. Yes, that- I, I lost it because I'm like, and then he just rapes. <laughs> That's not funny, but like That's the f- he doesn't he doesn't do any raping. Forgive me. I don't mean to throw this term around so loosey goosey, guys. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Uh, Do you think people are going to be offended by this? I don't think so. I mean, I think we kind of half expected this because it's like we kind of have to talk about it. Yeah, lower, you know? lower it there if you need to. Oh, yeah. That should be good right here. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like it should, it should be talked about. It's you know? in these movies so prevalent. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, we're gonna, we're going to definitely we're leaning on the Sean Connery's career. You know, yes. it's it's like either even though these things exist, there's still some great stuff in his career. Yes, he is James Bond. He is King Arthur. He's like you know he's he's done these great character pieces which which are fantastic. Can't wait till the indie the indie episode. Ah, uh, dude, you know? I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, you kind of mm-hmm. have to go through that kind of sludge of like. The rough stuff, you know, even the, even the Bond, how much we love Bond. There's a lot of, you know, sexual assault in we, that movie. Which we, we in try those, to get in past those it. movies, excuse me. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's like, you know, it's just how the time was. The world's a different place now. Not much you can do about it, but, you know, you kind of have to kind of see the gold through the dirt there, you yeah. know. Yeah, try and. But this was this it, was not gold at all. And, you and know? No, but, and to talk about. To not talk about them, I think, is maybe to do it a disservice because we could just be like, yeah, this movie's not good. And do you want, do you want, we can pause and you can no, no, address fine. this. If, is that really bothering you? No, not at all. You sure? I'm good. Okay. I have an old microphone stand. I have two not great microphone stands. I need to get invest in some new microphone stands. Carlos Santana used this during Woodstock. He did. That's <laughs> why I keep it. And that's why I slap my poorly written sticker with my name on it um <laughs> carlos um, how you doing carlos <laughs> hope all is well love dylan uh it's, i'm so smooth <laughs> um <laughs> welcome to santana curious <laughs> that'd be uh, fun where we well i don't know how many you know, today's episode is black magic woman i'm tired of hearing this song <laughs> Remember Guitar Hero Three? I remember <laughs> too. Um, but yeah, it's it's there are aspects of these films that I think need to be discussed. Yeah, because it's so it it, show, it shows growth in the world for sure. You know, it's like yeah. wow, what a different like. We'll talk about this quick too. Kind of jumping ahead, uh, we saw this fucking full on nudity. Yes, there is full on female nudity in this film, and I must say. It's very tasteful. Yeah. I don't mean, forgive me, I don't mean to sound lecherous because she's an absolutely beautiful woman, but it's not filmed in a way that's like, hey, look at this naked dame. Yeah. Look at her. Yeah, it just kind of happens. It's very casual. Yeah, it's like it's swimming. like seeing anybody with a shirt off. Yeah. You know, it's very casual, quick. She's swimming. She gets out of the water onto the boat and puts on a robe. And you yeah. see everything. Yeah. But it's not treated as a sexual moment. Carson isn't like, wow, look at here. He just like he he just continues his conversation like still looking her in the whatever. eye, whatever, like, like whatever. she would would be fully dressed anyway. Not not even looking at her. He's just like going about his business. Yeah. So and when he does look at her, yeah, he looks at her in the eye. So tasteful points for yes, sure. For sure. Um, that does not excuse the fact that twice she is being assaulted by a man, and he's just like, eh, well, you're going to Albania. You got to be tough. So I'll wait like forty-five seconds to fight off this rapist. That's the thing. It's like we we discussed that while watching it, where he like has this weird, like three three minute delay, where he's like <laughs> he walks in, he's like, yeah, this was, didn't seem right. Then he's like, yeah, you know what? This isn't right. Then I'll, then I'll pu- throw a punch. 
at Dirty Mike. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, definitely a delayed reaction, which is it's him. Cause it's does it him twice. He does it. He does it with that, and then there's a scene with with Trifon. Trifon. Yeah, I am Trifon, and. That weird delay where they're across, across the table and it's like, you know, I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. They're like kissing and shit. Then finally he wakes up like, okay. The only, okay, so. <sighs> okay. So, recurring theme in these movies. We're going to get it out of the way here. There's two rape tricks in this movie. Two. There's two. The first one is she is left on... Carson's boat, Tracy, is left on Carson's boat with Mike, played by Sean Connery. This is the guy we do this podcast about. You know, I'm wondering, sorry, I'm wondering if there's going to come a point where we've gotten, lower that and raise it so the mic is higher. Um, But I'm wondering if there's going to come a point where we just... Like, the wheel just keeps giving us movies that involve Connery being weird or there being sexual assault in a movie. Not Titan. That, um, this? No, the, the dowel there. Yeah, tighten that. Boom. Beautiful. Cool. Fixing mic stands. Um, <laughs> mic stand curious. Yeah. Well, I couldn't stand Mike in this movie, I tell oh. you that. Um, back together. But I wonder if the wheel's just going to feed us so many movies where there is scum behavior, somebody being scummy, time, you know, signs of the times kind of things where we're just like, I don't know if we want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> do we want to skip to a different actor now? No. Oh, my God. Okay. Quick, quick aside again. Um, my sister and I do a podcast called Under the Fedora. Great podcast. And... She just well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. She started uh, utilizing the same system we use of using the wheel of names, and um, <clears throat> check that out, folks. So she's gonna start spinning the wheel to choose her next Michael Jackson topic, and she made one topic music videos. And if she gets that topic, she's gonna spin another wheel with all the music videos. Maybe a good way to move forward with this. If we start getting that symptom, spin a Bon actor wheel. Bond actor wheel and then spin their movie wheel. And we just have a bonus episode? No. Yeah, maybe to break the monotony up. Yeah. This is a bonus episode. Yeah. If we get too many movies in a row from the wheel of Connery, from the Connery Curious Wheel, the Wheel of Curiosities, excuse me, if we get too many in a row that are so depressing to watch, because we just had three in a row that were real tough. Mm. And if say we get five in a row that are just not fun to watch, then we spin the wheel and we get Brosnan or Dalton, and we go watch something else. We spin their wheel because mm. we'll have to come back to that wheel eventually. True. Yeah. I like it. What do you guys think? Should we do the second wheel of curiosities, like? You know what I mean? Like the Bond actor wheel? Because this is where all this comes from. That's why we keep going back to Bond as a source. Because this all comes from my love of Bond and just wanting to branch out and see what else they have done through their careers. Call it Bond bonus. Yeah. Do the Bond bonus. Or the um, 
uh, the palate cleanser. Yeah, we could do yeah. it like once a month or once every two months, depending. Who knows? Yeah. So write in, guys, and let us know what you think of that idea. I think we should use it as a palate cleanser. I think so. Yeah. Write us in. Write in and let us know what you think. ConnerCurious at gmail.com. Exactly. I'll you all the other then, socials later on. Yeah, you'll get that at the end and such. But, um, okay, so, yeah, there's two Connery Curious coined terms, rape tricks, in this movie. So the first one, she is left alone on the boat with Mike, and Tracy is trying to barricade herself in her room because a drunken Mike is trying to break in and assault her. And she finally successfully barricades the room, and then surprise, the mirror springs open because it's a secret doorway. And Mike breaks in. And he begins attacking her. And she's fighting She's fighting him off pretty well. And Carson comes in. She's like, you can just hold on for a little while long. And just, you got this. And then after like, yeah, like you said, a minute or so, he finally acts on that. Yeah. And then the second being um they are in all right well if anything points for this one because she uses she does the rape trick it's for her advantage Mm. so she can stop being raped oh my god these movies i'm sorry folks we should really put trigger warnings on all these Mm. yeah I'm going to go back and edit all the episodes. Hmm. Say trigger warning. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. Just moments of, of realization as we go through this. There's just so much. Like, w- there's no trigger warnings on these movie boxes. Oh, yeah. You know? Anyway, so. Even, even coming from the w, was WB collection Blu-ray yeah. on there. Like, you know, when was that? produced you know probably in the last decade collector's edition it said or something yeah so it's like it should have kind of like a warning at the top before the yeah. fbi the way it. disney does it on disney plus yeah like, like, oh, yeah like aladdin now it's like they'll like they'll tell you like d- depicts you know different cultural aspects and mm. all that so it's like you know classy on disney shout to disney um but yeah i think yeah that, that might be fair to do something like that yeah for i'm gonna go back here. and go back and do that um i'm gonna write that down right now Um, so, so they are in, uh, Trifon's, uh, community, and Trifon, we'll get back to Trifon, keeps hitting on Tracy over and over and over and over and trying to kiss her, and Carson again won't do anything, though I will say, in this instance, he does have a reason they are in a community full of Trifon's people, and Trifon is somewhat royalty. His father is, like, the chief of these people. If if Carson makes a move, they could just all draw guns and shoot everyone down in a right. second. So Carson is justified in not, in not... Maybe not justified, but there's a reason for him to be hesitant to help. And she... Tracy and Carson are in a relationship at this point-ish. They're falling for each other. Yeah. 
So she starts going, well, okay, I'm just going to keep making out with Trifon then and get you all jealous. And that works. And then Carson beats up the raping Trifon. Yeah. Like... It's it's weird. All right, let's try and talk about happier things. Did you did you make notes? No, I just got a kind of mental yeah. notes. Yeah, you anything you want to start off with? Um, sorry, folks. <laughs> oh no, it's uh, these episodes are gonna happen. Um, trying to think, we, we had like, we had a lot of laughs, with a lot of like weird bits on the side. I know that we had a little a couple fun moments. Yes, there were a lot of moments that made us laugh. And, <laughs> a Brazilian and, mayor. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> where did you get this boat? Uh, from a Brazilian billionaire. You might say. A Brazilian air. <laughs> Connery should have just came in. That would have saved Mike for me. If he came in the room and said, I guess you would say a Brazilian air. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to tell you all good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> All right, well, let's address it now. Are the S's aged? Uh, I'd say none of the S's are aged. Yeah, no, because he sounds just like... Uh, I mean, he get, you could tell that... Like one, I think, going back to Bond, one of the issues people do hit uh, Connery with is, you know, his... You know, he had a good reason, of course, to kind of phone it in. And you can tell, like, how he's trying... He's not trying to be English anymore. And his Scottish is coming yes. out. So, like, you know, we all know what his voice sounds like a Dr. No. Uh, but hearing him talk with his young Scottish accent is definitely um, apparent in this. Yes. And it's ni- it sounds nice. He's got a... Yeah, he's like, except when he's threatening. I'll sit here, Skipper. You know, like, very yes. very clean, like, very commanding. It's like, yes, yes, Captain. You know, very interesting. So it's interesting to see how different his accent was even then. Alrighty, what else we got? Um, oh, Connery trips on the dock. Oh yeah, Is we gotta it, go back y- to that. Yes, yes, that's what we, I was trying. Yeah. Yes, we almost uh, almost touched on that. Yeah, they're running along the dock, and he just like he, when he's there's drunk like after the bar fight. We'll have to put this up. We'll put this picture, this clip on Twitter or something. Yeah, there's, like, a, there's a, cor- a ninety degree angle where the dock meets the water. Yeah, and he, so he's like, going across, and his ankle goes down, but he luckily. He, uh, he's, he's holding on up. to Van Carson, so yeah. he's like he's got a way to pull himself up. Like Van Carson keeps moving, so the natural movement would keep Connery moving forward anyway. But if if he was alone, he would have completely fallen. That would have ended bad because yeah. shallow water, probably rocks there, and they're like concrete docks too. Yeah. So he would have smacked his skull. Yeah, he would have been. He probably he maybe wouldn't have been Bond. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, if... we're also, we're not talking about the movie, folks. Like, it, this happens in the movie, but also, it's Connery with no stunt double, almost... Like, if the other person wasn't there holding on to him, Connery could have died. Yeah, they must have shot that, and, like, they even noticed that it was an issue, but still, I mean, they, they got the take, so they're I'm fine. sure Connery noticed. Plus, like, yeah, that's... God damn it. My heart <laughs> skipped a beat. I almost died. <laughs> I skull almost hit the dock. <laughs> my life flashed before my eyes. Thankfully, I'll never have an encounter with the shark ever again. <laughs> I will. T- I will say this: all, all acting aside in this film, uh, Connery looks fucking great. He looks great in this movie. He's like a nice mixture of not like, dapper, like just yeah, just a little scruffy. You know, we made He's the dirty joke. in this. 
Yeah, we made the joke of him looking like like Wolverine. That hair was huge. Yeah, he's got a big big hairstyle. He looks like, like a pomodor. Well, it's not that. It's not that big, but it's big for him, and it's his hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does look like a young Hugh Jackman or Clint Eastwood kind of gruff, shaggy bad boy. Like, if he wasn't so rapey in this movie, I'd fuck him. I think I made the joke that he looked like Trevor from Grand Theft Auto Five. If you guys ever played Grand Theft Auto Five, he's like one of the protagonists, but like he looks just like him in this. So I thought that was funny. Um, that but, also I retract that sentence that I just said there. Which one? Um, I've retracted it, so I don't need to say it again. But I don't need to. I'm just saying Connery looks very attractive in this movie. <laughs> He's handsome. He's very handsome, and when you just see a still image, you'd be like, "Yes, I would definitely. I would. I would have sex with Sean Connery <laughs> from that image." But then you watch him in the movie, and you go, "Oh no." I would not have sex with Sean Connery. No, no, no. No, no. I would probably kill Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'd take the first opportunity that he slipped drunkenly. I'd crack his skull open with a typewriter. So, word to you ladies. It's not, it's not about the looks. It's about the personality. Oh, God. This movie. I can't. I Please just give us wheel... We pray to you, Wheel of Curiosity. Give us a movie in which no one is sexually assaulted. <laughs> We're both praying right now. <laughs> Mario's eyes were closed for a second, so I closed my eyes as well, so not to be like Bruno Mars. <laughs> uh, Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bruno Mars. <laughs> Which also, I'll say this on air because I want to get this point out into the ether. Guys, if you like the song Grenade by Bruno Mars, guess what? He stole that hook. He stole it from a band, a little band you might know that doesn't need any extra attention or money called Kiss. From a record that you can't find on any streaming services because they made some exclusive deal with Walmart. Anyway, it's the only song they really perform from that album anymore. It's called Say Yeah. Say Yeah by Kiss. And when you listen to that, you'll hear the hook and you go, oh my God, that's Bruno Mars' Grenade. But then you look at the years that they came out. Kiss's came out in 2011. Bruno Mars came out in 2012. What am I trying to do here? <laughs> I think you're trying to out. Being, I'm being all sassy. I'm coming for you, Bruno. I saw that Kiss. news clip where you're like, we just put the magic on it, and you're like showing the the new the blonde news reporter uh-huh. like ah oh, this is we just put a little we sprinkle a little magic on it, and the, your producer is sitting there going like that's not how this is done. Kiss would, is magic. Would you like to actually see how things are produced? Oh, that's not interesting though. I guess. Anyway, what a think, tangent. You, you would think Gene would like sue him. Yeah, right. Did he not like take any action or say like this is Gene Simmons? He's from probably Kiss. like I don't I don't listen to I don't listen to the kids' music. I don't have time for that. I listen to. I don't have time for Rolling Stone or or Cindy Lauper. That's who we think some modern pop stars. I don't have time for your for your Britney Spears. You're in sync. I tell you, rock and the true rock and roll is only the what matters. And uh, and uh, you know, you I am like, uh, Gene Simmons. You sound like <laughs> you kind of went Barack at the end. That's this that. is uh, Gene Simmons. Yep, yep, this is Gene Simmons. Of Kiss. Yep. And I'm going to deliver. I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. 
That is a real song titled by Kiss. <laughs> Believe it or not. Now, God gave rock and roll to you. Two. <laughs> two. <laughs> that's right, they have a two. Yeah, so that's because they added a section that's not in the original version. Mm. Yes. Uh, now, I know times get tough, and I know life can sometimes be a drag, but people... You have been given a gift, and you have been given a road, and that road's name is Rock and Roll. <laughs> Unbelievable. Barack, he supports this album, but I've been more of a Monster fan. Monster was the greatest Kiss album of all time. Name one song off Monster. You can't do it. Can't do it. Hold on. I'm thinking. God gave rock and roll to you three. (laughs) (laughs) I can name one song off that record. It's called Hell or Hallelujah. It's the opening track. It's got a decent riff. I know. I produced it. You produced that record. I produced it. Name another song on that record. Fine. Rock and roll all night too. <laughs> I know all the sequels to all the songs. I own them all. So, are you producing the next uh, Unforgiven by Metallica? I think we're on Unforgiven 9 at this point. I uh, must have missed 4 through 8. I'll have to catch up. They're on a bonus track. Extremely exclusive. Very exclusive NFT. <laughs> it's your favorite band, Kiss. Have you seen his NFTs? Oh, they're hilarious. They're like. Tri- they're like. <laughs> Have you seen the advertising for it? Yes. He's like, it's amazing. your favorite. I'm your favorite president. Can I thought it was? Can I heard it before I saw it? And I thought it was um, the guy who plays Trump on SNL now. I forget his who name. Who does a really good job. This has been a wonderful season for uh, Tree and Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I thought it was him. It's really him saying, "It's your favorite president, president, president. It's your favorite president." <laughs> better than Lincoln, better than <laughs> Washington, better than Lincoln. I, I freed more better, slaves. Better than James Monroe. <laughs> no one ever talks about James Monroe, but Democrats don't want you to hear that. Democrats do not want to hear you talk about James Monroe. <laughs> or talk about Kiss, Sonic Boom, I own Walmart. Paul, <laughs> I went back to Obama. Paul Stanley, uh, who am I even trying to be? Paul Stanley told me that he has many black friends. <laughs> That's a bit we did earlier. I can't. I can't do a good Trump now. I, I I did a decent one earlier at some point. Nobody does a good Trump. Why am I saying this? Um, anyway, uh, we were watching the Kiss Animalized tour, which we I think we both agree is this the, is the best. best version of Kiss. Yeah. Um, also, somebody I used to know said that he had dinner at Bruce Kulick's house with a bunch of other people, and that Bruce Kulick is one a great cook and two a great host. Man, and a killer guitar player. Yeah. I think he plays like the. <laughs> he just plays the war machine riff in his living room while he waits for the potatoes to, to cook. That's how he keeps time. <laughs> After eight measures of war machine, then flip the. <laughs> flip the pancake. Yeah. Did you say yeah, he makes a, pancakes on, on, on YouTube? I'll, I'll verify. And you know what? While we're doing. We're, we're just going to do some internet 
interneting here because it's the Joe Rogan experience now. <laughs> hey, Jamie, pull that up for me. Bruce Kulik. Jamie. <laughs> hey, Jamie, pull up that picture of Bruce Kulik eating an alligator. Culex pancake recipes. Holy shit. Yeah. You're not fucking shitting no. with me. Welcome to Culex pancake recipes. Does Classic. he have like his own brand of like pancake batter? Shop. And those guitar pillows? This is. Uh, I love. We should just do a kiss podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, photos and. CDs. No, it doesn't look like he sells any of the. All right. So let's. Here are some of our pancake recipes classic pancake, almond, flour, banana, blueberry, buttermilk, fluffy, German, Japanese pancake, keto, pan, potato, protein, pumpkin, scallion, sourdough, vegan, and how to make pancake mix from scratch. My wife, Lisa, and I have always enjoyed pancakes. After all, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and they are so versatile. There's a pancake for every person. Not to mention, countries around the world have found new and unique ways to present them. So there are endless ways, endless pancake recipes to try. Anyway. <laughs> a Bruce Kulik pancake podcast. If you guys are still listening at home, God bless you. <laughs> Made it through the pancake portion of our show. Huh. He's on Instagram, too. Good for and him. He's dressed as Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Bruce Kulik's the man, guys. Oh, Going Blind. That's one of my favorite Kiss songs. Take the lyrics out of it. But <laughs> um, Also, while we're on Instagram, quick aside here. Folks, I want to bring everything to everyone's attention. Everything? Not everything. I want to bring something to everybody's attention. Is him and Rob Zombie? And Brent Vince. No, it's not Rob Zombie. Um, anyway, so uh, I don't know why the internet decided to suggest this to me last night, but it did. So, world out there, you should know about this guy. This is a human man. This is a human man named... Anthony Lafredo. You can find him on Instagram as the Black Alien Project. What the fuck? This man has this guy this guy is a body modification artist, I guess. What? He has cut his nose off, his ears off. Uh he's had implants in his head. His eyebrows, his chin, his arms. Uh, and, and yeah, um, I don't... Oh, and he cut two of his fingers off. And he cut his tongue. And he cut his mouth. Like... Why? I don't... I don't understand this. And I'm not asking for anyone out there to explain it to me. I'm not looking for 
um, anyone to start controversy over this. I'm not looking to start controversy over this. I'm just... The internet just decided to show this to me. Oh my God, he's putting his tongue through the hole in his mouth while licking the crotch of a Mars Attacks uh, action figure. And he had his eyes dyed. Like, what? Anyway, um, and... Um, where is it? There's one I, this, uh, once I saw this, do you, do you remember, um, do you ever watch Tosh.0? Yeah. Do you remember the skit? Tell me why, why must I cry? Why must I cry? Why must I cry? Why? Why must I cry? Why must I cry? Why? Why must I cry? Why must I cry? Why? Anyway, so... I'll I'll uh, sync this up with a uh, video somehow. There's a video of, of him on Instagram in the shower, just like crying and crying dramatically. Anyway, um, so I had to share that with you because the internet felt compelled to share that with me. Um, I just opened up Reddit randomly, and that's what I get for opening up Reddit randomly. And I'm not logged into Reddit. I'm not subscribed to anything. So it just shows me whatever. Thanks, Internet. Anyway, doing everything to not talk about this movie. I'd rather (laughs) talk about a guy that's cut off parts of his body. (laughs) And Bruce Kulick from Kiss and and his pancake recipes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over there. Oh, God. Could we, like... Get to the wrap-up point? Like, do you still want to talk about No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this movie. Because there's good stuff in it. There's stuff worth talking yeah. about. There's bad stuff in it that's worth talking about. Let's get to the good stuff. Right. Um, uh, oh, uh, she makes dinner on the... Uh, Tracy. I keep saying she. This I'm being so reductive. Tracy. But everyone's just given one name. And... Oh, she, she's Malambert is her last name. Anyway. Um... She makes dinner on the boat. And and Carson, of course, goes like, well, I'm glad he did something useful. <laughs> and then she starts cutting it up and feeding it to him as he's got his hands on the steering wheel of the boat. Which was interesting. It happened so fast. Cause I remember looking up. I was like, wait. They've known each other like five minutes. And they're not particularly fond of each other. And their introduction, should we talk about how they're introduced to each other? Well, this film opens with her going to find this Carson fellow. Mm. Uh, because he's known as a Robin Hood of sorts to refugees. This movie has a good plot. Yeah. The underlying skeleton of this movie is great. It's the organs and, and flesh and fat that they fill it with that ruin it. It's a great skeleton. There's a great movie in here if you took everything out and just gave the plot to a modern director. Um, so, yeah, she's walking along up here and everybody is staring at her because... Um, who is the actress? Martine Carroll 
is beautiful. And the film does, she does have a, a completely nude scene in the film, and the film does not sexualize her in it. Um, and I feel like for the most part, she is not sexualized. Not really, no. She, she is shown as a very attractive woman that men fawn over, but she's a character with a goal. Her goal is to get to her brother, and I think the character is pretty focused on that. Mm. Uh, anyway, so she walks into this bar to find Carson, and she's like, I heard you can help. And he's like, I forget. What she, but she just tosses down a big wad of money. Mm. He could just take it. And she's like, is this enough? He's like, yeah, it's enough for me to just steal. Thanks. Get out of here. <laughs> like, anyway, uh, what else you got? So then after that, we get the, the Connery slip. Well, no, something else happens after that, right? So it's kind of like. Yeah, they leave to work out the deal. The deal, I think. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, but they just... got. They have to come back in a rush to get Connery quickly. Yeah. Um. Who were the other guys that were sitting with the, ta- the table? This random just, guys, yeah, random thugs that I, they're playing poker with. I thought they were like part of like the crew or something too. With I, I did like this line as they're being chased out. Uh, and they make it to the boat, and the police are yelling to Carson, and he goes, "It's all Greek to me, fellas." <laughs> like that's good because they're in Greece. That's a funny line. <laughs> um, some good line, some good lines in here. Some yeah, one liners. I'll stay here, Skipper. That's my Connery quote. That's... He doesn't have many quotes that aren't. Aye, aye, Maybe. Captain. Yeah. That's all he really says. It's yeah. all like, a little drink here. <laughs> it's not. It's all. It's literally 80% of Connery's lines in this film are just threats yeah. of sexual violence. Um, uh, so, yeah, Connery is a rapist again. Again, because this is not our first film in which he's been a problem. He was a problem in The Avengers. Yep. A bit problematic in The Man Who Would Be King towards the end when mm-hmm. the power is going to his head. Um, he's like, I'll marry this woman no matter what. I'll break my vow of celibacy. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, what what about the other two films? First Night? He's incredibly noble in First Night. Yeah. Um, and Sword of the Valiant? He's just a prick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just chop my head off. Go ahead, do it. See what happens. <laughs> Though I, I did watch the scene again where he turns the witch into a frog. And she's like, stay with me the night. He's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the exact line, but the, that's, that's the implication. He's like, maybe maybe now, maybe another time. Who's going to deal me my blow? <laughs> also, I'll have sex with you while you're a frog. <laughs> um, Who's going to deal me my ribbit? <laughs> Getting a ribbon ribbon for one. your pleasure. <laughs> uh, what other notes do I have? So much day for night in this film. Terrence oh, Young yeah, likes his just... day for night. So yeah, this is directed by Terrence Young, who would go on to direct Doctor No, from Russia with Love and Thunderball. Uh, and he likes his day for night. Um, well, that one, that one at the 
They're at some camp. They're like on the hill. Oh yeah, that one. That one's like it clearly looks like daylight. Yeah. See it when they have the wide shot, and then when they cut to like the rock background, that's when they go with the filter. I'm like, this why do you just keep it not daytime? Yeah. And there's fires in that scene too. Yeah. And because whatever filter is applied to it, the fire looks duller. So it doesn't yeah. even look like it's at night. Yeah. So just set the scene during the day. Yeah. If you can't shoot at night. So but I get it, they didn't have the lighting. Yeah. Um so we see that uh, what's his name? Cole Stenho, uh, who is Carson's partner, uh, have been helping smuggle kids out to safety. And the scene where we see that, he walks in and he tosses a little packet to the kids and he goes, "Eat it." Or well, what are you waiting for? Eat it. And it looks like he tosses them a pack of cigarettes. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> Go on, eat it. All of them. They better all be gone, except save me one. I'm not Sean Connery. Why am I talking like this? I'm caution. I'm caution, I tell you that. Um, also, I didn't make. It, I hope I didn't make you sick by showing you the alien man. Did I make you sick? I'm trying to forget about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just had to share that. I like. I didn't enjoy. I was almost sick last night looking at it. But I'm like, somebody else has to acknowledge that this exists. Like, I. Now you all will, world. Enjoy. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make you sick. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. I have a ha- bad habit of making Mario sick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Connery raving people again. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> maybe that'll, maybe that'll uh, make you feel better. While eating a bunch of grease? <laughs> um, <laughs> this grease is actual greasy. <laughs> uh, when Tracy finds her big brother, when Carson and Tracy find her big brother, she sees that he's blind, and then she, like, retreats back to Carson, which made me go, like, is that not her brother? And then he goes, it's me, Tracy, I'm your brother, or something like that. And she looks to Carson for, like, permission to go hug her brother. Did you notice that? Yeah, like, yeah, because, yeah, bringing back to that, like, her kind of standing off, like, Oh, there's got to be like a guard or something. This is not her brother. And then, yeah, sure enough, it's it's it very awkward. Yeah, and he's been blinded. But he doesn't look like. I mean, his you could tell they, they put the contacts yeah. and make him look blind or whatever. He wasn't doing the uh, Frankenstein walk that yeah. um, Father was doing in the last <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> However, he was Daredevil. Yeah. That's like good, really good blind acting. I yeah, thought not too. Bad. Like I don't know if he's blind in real life. Probably not. Well, let's see. Um, but yeah, it was just like it was very, very good. Let me see. A Uruguayan Mexican actor. He was not blind. Okay. Yeah. Not blind. Yeah, uh, good, good blind acting. Yeah, decent. Forgive me, I'm just looking through his filmography. This was right in the middle of his career, it seems. Um, Forgive me. Uh, Yeah, decent blind acting. He wasn't bad. Mm. Um, And 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 Martine Carroll was actually—I think she was the best 
part of the film. Yeah. Yeah. She was good. Um, you think she was dubbed? I don't know. I feel like she was. It doesn't say. Um, it doesn't say, but it... I don't know. Her accent's pretty pretty thick, so I feel like they would, like... Like read up for that, but like I feel like I feel like that's her voice. Hmm. So I don't know. There were some scenes where the audio wasn't lining up entirely. I felt like it was dubbed. It could be. But either way, she was the best part of the film for me. Um, poor woman suffers through so many horrible men in this movie and just powers through like a yeah. motherfucker. Um, and not in a like Sarah Connor kind of way, just as a. Just like, eh, so this is what has to be done to get to where I need to get, sadly, yeah. it's the 50s. <laughs> yeah. um, not Again, not justifying it. It's just, that's how she plays it. And yeah. it's, I don't know, she's the most committed in the film, I feel. Yeah, I, I felt that too. Um, yeah, because I know, like, what's his name? Uh, Carson. Like, you know, I, like, they obviously sold it as he's the main character but like like you said before I feel like Tracy is more the main character in this mm. and like I feel like I feel like yeah Carson I feel like didn't have many memorable moments no you know he was he was typical Hollywood leading man kind of well I don't have time for anyone and anything you see I got a big box chest and I got things to do and places to go and people to conquer yeah no backstory really with him there's no like well, well that he was like he's got I mean, the backstory, yeah, but... Um, he's, sm- he's a good smuggler. Yeah. He's a Han Solo. Yeah. So, I don't think, yeah, I think that's what he sold. Sean does. Connery is his Chewbacca. <laughs> a big, rapey Chewbacca. Big, <laughs> 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 That's what, um, that Chewbacca mom, that's what she was... She's uh, like, that's what you support? Oh. Cool. <laughs> tangled up here um <clears throat> i'm just kidding chewbacca mom we love you we all love you um what else uh, so yeah the br- blind brother is daredevil they're like what kind ca- the what kind of car is approaching it's high pitched it's a, w- with the other the the co- senses i've compensated for the, the, anyway I, you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say? He's trying to say that his senses, his other senses have been enhanced to compensate for his lack of sight. It's like, dude, you are you were blinded historically very recently. You're not Daredevil. <laughs> if anything, you're just still horribly freaked out that you can't see anymore. He's still, he's still good at playing the organ. Yeah. Well, I was like, shit. Yeah. I guess you don't lose that. He it's must like, have been good beforehand. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and we were joking that wouldn't it be funny if he had a blind horse? Yeah, I, I thought the horse was blind because like they think uh, Tra- li- Tracy's oh, no his his wife that's his wife Mara, yeah. yeah who keeps giving Ca- uh, uh, Carson the fuck eyes. Yeah, there's that weird scene in the beginning with like I thought it was gonna be like pay off or something that she was like. An enemy or something. She's like in the back door. Like Carson sees her and then she kind of retreats into the shadows. I was thinking that as well. But I think through context and actually giving it a little more thought now, I think he sees her and he gets worried because he goes, oh, no, he's got a family. 
which mm. means I've got to now take his family. That makes sense. So mm. It's just more people he's got to get out yeah. of there. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, I think that's that's his main concern. Mm. Um, not that... Not that she's an enemy, because I think mm. I don't think it. Um. All right. Well, let's talk about this note. Uh, suicide talk in 1957 in a movie is. I don't know if that's rare. Is that? I don't know. Um, this is a. Uh, a British film, so. I don't know what the film rules were like. Did they have to, follow the Hayes Code like? I'm not sure. Anyway, so um, there's no ind- implication of suicide bombers of any kind mm. um, in this film. Um, though there's kind of like little points at which I thought that was going to happen mm. for some reason. I don't know why. There were lots of little points where I'm like, is this person just secretly hiding a bomb? Um I don't know why, but that mov- the movie built like an atmosphere that made me think that from time to time. Mm. Um, so that was also kind of what I thought when, he, like, is the wife going to be an attacker? Will she have a weapon, a gun, a bomb, something? Yeah. Um, and now with some reflection, I think it's just worry that he's got to take another person. Mm. He's already got to take these kids. Now he's got to take her. Uh, Tracy, and now he's, I keep going her and she, now he's got to take Tracy, now he's got to take Henry, now he's got to take Mara, and do they have a kid? It's like, what, four kids altogether? Five kids? Yeah. So, yeah. And then um, Cole Steno's kids, he's got a couple of kids as well. Mm. So... um, yeah, again, don't mean another trigger word here, but yeah, there's suicide talk in this movie. Um, the brother says that he tried to kill himself and that they, that the opposing army like kept him alive and blinded him because he was useful to them in some way. There's some mm. dark shit in this movie. Yeah. Um, but the basic premise of like wartime or around wartime where when communication is kind of limited she gets communication that her brother needs to get out of a country somewhere and she's willing to pay any price to do it because she has the money to do so and travel across dangerous borders to do it Mm. that's a good story it's just some of the meat that is packed on with the brother looks like elvis did you think that yeah a young yeah elvis presley or i was thinking of who was in movies around this time? Yeah, hey, you want to going with that, that kind of route? Well, that kind of reminded me a little bit of like you know, I mean, with this with the uh, accent, I think just like like a Ricky Ricardo almost, mm. just kind of like a showman. You know, he looked like a showman. He had the suit on, yeah. and everything. And he looked very, very dapper. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. Best looking man in the movie, for sure. Yeah, except his eyes, <laughs> they weren't the best looking. <laughs> And All right, see. well, that's the end of the episode, <laughs> folks. Um, oh, well, yeah, it would be very funny if his horse was blind as well. 
<laughs> no, I thought the horse was blind because the sister is guiding the horse. So I'm like, what if the horse is blind? <laughs> but I'm thinking, no, dumbass. You need someone to guide a horse for a man who is blind on a horse. <laughs> Well, you figure the horse might just follow the horses. But... Well, we had that bit of like <laughs> the reason he was just abs- ended up in a field. The reason, like we always said, like oh, why doesn't he wear like sunglasses? If he's blind. You usually, don't see their eyes. And maybe, like, maybe the horse stole his sunglasses. Has been wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> yes, yes, and his at- and has his cane. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't oh realize it. Hold he's on, like, L- let me adjust that. Oh no, it's fine. Let me get that perfect so it's. Do you want to rest your arm on it? No, it's it. Whatever. Because I'll just put it in front of you. So it's not. There we go. Boom. Does that work? It works. Cool. I think we're still in there. Yep. Perfect. Right there. Perfect. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. I want you in my room. All righty. Um, Mike does go boom in this movie. He shoots a machine gun. Yeah. Um, His best scene in the movie. Yeah, that was really the best scene. Let's talk about that scene. Because I, I still have some more notes, but let's talk about that scene. Uh, extremely tense. Very tense. Like, just the, you know, because we, we find out that... Um, well, we got we to gotta have the setup for the scene. Yeah. Is that there's a battle in front of the kids... And a gun is knocked out of one of the guards' hands, and the kid grabs the gun. The kid, man. All right, so that's the setup for the end scene. Yes. So, yeah. So we have that, and then to set up that scene as uh, as well as we have the kind of double double cross yeah, of the partner. Two double crosses, yeah. And uh, so Cole Cole is a, a general in in an army. Yes. But is secretly using his position to smuggle kids out. Right. And when it's convenient for him, he switches back to his military persona yeah. to slip in and out. But then it's revealed at the end. He's like, no, no, don't worry, dude. I'm on your side. We're still getting these kids out of here. Play along. Mm-hmm. But the whole time, Professor Dent from Dr. No is listening. Um, and... He is aware of that, so he plays along right until the last moment and double crosses the double cross. Yeah. But then the ultimate of double crosses, Tracy is like, can I say goodbye to the kids? She doesn't know. She has no idea. She's saying goodbye to the kids, and then all of a sudden, the the kid goes, boom, boom, and he holds up the gun, and she instantly covers it and goes, this is the best present you've ever given me. And then grabs it and goes over to Carson and hugs him and slips the gun into his hand. That was really Fucking good. Slick, dude. That was really good. Like, that was just tense. Because the whole thing was, when we saw this kid take the gun, we said, you know, there's got to be some kind of setup here because no one shows you the gun going somewhere else. It doesn't pay off. Yeah. Usually. You show a gun, it's got to fire at some point. Yeah. So I was like, we, we were making bets, like, does the kid fire the gun? <laughs> Okay, that's what I thought they were I, gonna do. I, I, what do you not expect? You see a couple like kids, like dirty kids sitting behind you. What are they gonna do? And the kid just goes bang, bang, and it actually pulls the trigger and shoots. Gets Fresh. blown backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he makes like an outline of himself, like Daffy Duck on the on the rocks. 
<laughs> he's got like the blown back hair ash all over his face whoa he'll did i kill eye. someone he'll shoot your eye out kid oh my god i still wanted the <laughs> the end of when they did skyfall when they did a gun barrel at the end right half the gun the barrel kid. and it's the kid and that's how he fires boom boom. <laughs> boom boom and boom. as he turns to do the spin he trips <laughs> And, and that, as he trips, like he falls, and that's what fires the gun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was that was a tense scene, dude. This, in, yeah, because you don't know what's gonna happen. <clears throat> you know, Connery's coming in on the boat, so we're like, okay, how are we gonna get out of here? And we have that awesome escape where the boat takes off, and Garlson has a bond moment where he yeah. grabs the rope and they drag him through. Like that was dope. It was like yes. the best part. Of, like that, that was the payoff. For you me. don't think Carson is gonna make? You think he's gonna die on the docks there? Yeah. Which honestly, that's how the movie should have ended. Do like no time to die. Carson should have died, and and Connery gets everyone off to safety. Yeah. Con- Connery gets everyone off. Yes. Always to safety. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, I liked it. I, I, well. If this was made today, you know, that's how it would end. It would end like that. Yeah. But like, I feel like they want you want to see the guy kiss the girl at the end. In 1957, you did. Yeah. So like, it, yeah. Today he would have kissed her, and that would have been their kiss. Would have been when she slips him the gun. Yeah. And that would have been their last kiss. And then he yeah. dies on the dock there, fighting off. Yeah, that's Professor what, Dent. That's how No Time to Die works. You know, obviously it's he's like, fighting Professor Dent. You know, and then. He kisses her, and she's like, here's this gun. Yeah. And he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. He's like, I'll shoot the missiles out of the sky. (laughs) Why didn't he do that? He had a couple of bullets left. Why didn't he, like, ping these motherfuckers out of the sky? I'm a great shot. (laughs) Well, Skyfall proved he's not. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, right. But then Spectre proves he is. Yeah. He's a great shot. No time to die for the most part, yeah. I do love that hallway sequence. Right. Towards the, the end, yeah. The little gu- but I'm telling you, man, you already gave us, Zimmer gave us the, was Hans Zimmer did? No Time to Die. Yeah. yeah. Um, you gave us the Her Majesty's Secret Service. You gave us the fanfare of Her Majesty's Secret Service when they're driving yeah. down, we have all the time in the world and they're driving. Why not put in, for one last time, the 007 theme that we talk about? Because there's a whole, you set it up with, you have new 007 saying. At the end? When on a plane, like, I want to give my number to Bond. So wait, where would you put it? When the plane is dropping out of the big plane or in the hallway fight? When he says goodbye. Yeah. And he's like, because that's the moment where it feels like. That's a 007 moment. This is the last time he's going to be 007. Oh, you want a big dramatic version of it. Da, 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 because that whole da, sequence, he's like... Da, 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 no, you can have the same pace. Because he's like, there's a whole... Yeah, the whole scene is like... It's like the last mission of the game where it's just like, you know... It's like, all right, there, the, Madeline is safe now. 007 mode where like okay. now I'm like sneaking around and... Da, well, da, I've, I've got it on here. I've got a digital copy, so... Yeah, we can. We'll cut it. And do see. It, we'll do it after this podcast. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it looks. Because man, that's fucking fantastic. So another segment we have. So we've got Connery quotes. That's a segment. Yeah. Uh, Sean Sean Shez Connery quotes. 
Uh, there's not many in here. Um, yeah. uh, I'll stay here, Skipper. That's my quote. That's the same. Um, we have, are the S's aged? No, they're not aged. Nope. Um, if anything, it's like a 5%. <clears throat> um, and then another segment we have is, can it 007? And there's a couple of scenes, which we can put that in yeah um, one including connery like that last scene on the boat yes when he's firing yeah like that's, for sure that's double and, and then the gunfight on the hill yep we were saying yes yeah. because there's it's set to silence too so you could just put the yeah so you just drop it right in. in um all right what, what else we got uh what do you think of the music in this it was like typical inconsequential you know just like that's the thing i feel like those silent scenes effective but like mm. i would like to see some kind of cool like fanfare you know, yeah. it kind of they kind of punched in late some of those scenes. Yeah, um, but nothing memorable, I guess. I will say, like the no music. Um, there was a scene with no music, and then music very softly started coming in, and it was creepy, and you know what I mean. It just mm-hmm. built the tension very slightly, and that was when he was climbing the mountain to drop the grenades. Yeah, um, which was a tense sequence, and reminded yeah. me of For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, the best movie of all, Mission Impossible 2. Mm. Um, yeah, the music was kind of just inconsequential. Yeah. There were some some nice moments, but nothing. Can't remember any themes. Mm. Yeah. I won't be buying the Action of the Tiger soundtrack <laughs> on vinyl. Uh, who did the music? Music. Humphrey. Humphrey Cyril. S E A R L E. Wow. Um, okay, my next note Captain Trifon with a heart next to it. Don't worry, folks. That'll be corrected. My next note oh, the best quote of the movie Jolly Much on the Ball. <laughs> that was the best quote of the movie. Um, actually, it's all Greek to me. Is Pretty good. I feel like that's, that's a better... But you need the context of that. I think jolly much on the ball. You could just use that wherever. Yeah, just... Toss clicks. It's, it's ridiculous. And... How's that project going? Jolly much on the ball. <laughs> yeah. um, Carson's jacket heart. Oh, yeah. That jacket was cool. That is like the best bomber jacket. Which is great so because awesome. it really... Because having him in the blue shirt just... I'm looking at Skipper from Gilligan's Island. Yes, like he, he looks exactly hat. white hat and blue shirt. I was, white, I was hoping Connery would come out like in the Gilligan outfit, <laughs> smoking a dupe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, let me have that lighter again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I saw Mister Howell on the other side of the island. They're um, kind, they they have a similar accent. Gilligan? No, uh, Mister Howell. Mister Howell could have been Connery. From Gilligan's Island? Yeah. I haven't watched Gilligan's Island in so many years, I don't remember. Oh, it's fun. The Professor. The Professor and Marianne. Um, I was more of a Ginger fan, you see. See, I was more of a Green Acres fan. Oh, Green Acres. We watched Green Acres. We watched... Um, strangely, strangely, we watched Leave it to Beaver, but I always knew how like not representative of America it was. Like that was like I as a kid I knew like, oh, this is what they wanted America to be. But I enjoyed some of Leave It to Beaver. Like I remember really enjoying an episode where Eddie Haskell has to buy new seat covers for Wally. 
for Wally's car because mm. Wally worked really hard to save up the $16 for the seat covers. Um, uh, and we watched The Munsters a lot. I love The Munsters. The original Munsters. I haven't watched The Munsters films. The ones with the original cast. And then there's one, oh, there's yeah. a couple with like Fred Gwynn. Or, I'm sorry, not Fred Gwynn. Obviously, he's the original Herman. Um, but uh, with Edward Herman. You ever watched Gilmore Girls? Yeah. The grandfather in Gilmore Girls? Yeah, he played yeah, Herman yeah, Munster yeah. a couple of times. Oh, no shit. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, my next note. Now I hate Trifon because he's a rapist. Trifon is terrible. Trifon is like, yeah, I have the opportunity to help you and your family and friends across the border. Tracy's got to stay here with me because I'm a creepy rapist. And I'm a prince or something, so I can get whatever I want. And I'm an awesome officer. Like, that's why I liked him at first, because he's like, look at me, I'm a weird, quirky officer with my weird, quirky cavalry. Yeah, I was like, very, very Boratish. He was charming at first, kind of. Yeah. It's like, Tavon is the best. Tavon, yeah. look at Tavon's jacket. Yeah. Look at Tavon's shoes. Oh, Trifon. 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 Trifon is here. Trifon is here. But then you realize, like, oh, God. You must give Trifon a kiss. And then it got weird. There's more than one scene dedicated to him just just trying to get in Tracy's pants. Mm -hmm. And it lingers on it for so long. Like, at least, like, six minutes of this movie is dedicated to Trifon trying to get into Tracy's pants. And it's so uncomfortable. And um, one of the scenes just ends without him leaving yeah so we don't know how that scene resolves it's so horribly uncomfortable um yeah rape is comedy in this movie yeah like there's so much of it is just played for like well it's a man's world you know you're venturing out into a crazy world you never know what you're asking for and it's like this is not cool mm. but I don't know, that was the the people in charge of studios at the time were people that didn't give a shit about that kind of stuff. Oh. Like, yeah, well, whatever. Here's millions of dollars to do it. Ugh. And uh, that's happened historically for forever. Well, what, was the, what was the budget on this film, does it say? 863000 Wow, made... One million six hundred and forty thousand. Oh, look at that! They made some of their money back, and that's all. Um, what else? Um, yeah, and for like a good amount of time, is Trifon the villain? Trifon's like the villain of this movie. Yeah, I mean, we... he's he's an obstacle that they need. Like, there's there's no real villains in this film. There's just obstacles that need overcoming. To yeah. get to the goal. Yeah, because we talked about this too while watching where it's like, yeah, we have all this creepy stuff going on. It's like, you know, you must come back with Trifon, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets shot and all of a sudden it's, it's a like... a hero's death. Yeah. And like, give, give me my glass eye and all that shit. That it's was like, kind of funny. How he yeah, that was hilarious. Eye, which is not his glass eye. It's a monocle. Yeah. But he's just, he's decked out in stuff that he's either stolen from people or took from dead friends. Yeah. Which quirky and i like that yeah i think that's cool but, but then you make him a horrible person and then you give him a hero's death which i get because they he and his crew of bandits come in and save the day essentially yeah but 
It's a, weird, it's a weird tonal shift. And she's just like, yep, I will stay with you to the last moment. What have you lived? <laughs> she's like, damn it, now you got to keep that word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Trifon dies, thankfully. Yeah. But the hero's death was... Yeah, you was... got to give the hero's death to somebody. Give it to Carson. Right. Um, And again, not justification, but there is a moment where I understand why Carson is such a cold asshole. And it's when they're hiding in the back of that truck, and they just got to kill that guard. Yeah, they just they just got to do it. There's no way around it. And she's like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like, "It's this life, man. We're smuggling people to freedom, like out of corrupt countries that their officers will kill for that. Mm. They'll literally just shoot you dead in your vehicle. So it's us or them, kind of thing. Mm. And you get why he's so cold." Um, he's very Han Solo esque. Yeah. In this movie, again, I made this I made that comparison already, but um. Oh, my next note is I want to watch Captain Phillips. I've never watched that movie. I don't think I have either. With Tom Hanks, I I wrote that as a note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard it's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's the one. I am the captain now, right? Yeah, you said that, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, we made that joke. Is that why? That, that I think you it? said that, and it's like, I heard Captain Phillips was a good movie. Another one, really good, Sully. Yeah, the one with the uh, about the pilot about the monsters Ooh. that like use screams as energy. Is that what you're referring to? And Mike's in that one too. <laughs> Thankfully, it's a way less scary Mike, though he does sneak into children's bedrooms at night. <laughs> yes. Sully with Tom Hanks and Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> no wonder he crashed the plane. Oh, did he crash the plane? No, he was drunk, right? Is that the... No, that's flight. No, the What's whole... Sully? Sully's the one. It's a true story about they had to land the plane in the Hudson River. Was he drunk? No. Like, seagulls, like, flew into the engines, and the engines were dying. Oh, my God. And... Well, those seagulls were dying. <laughs> the seagull. <laughs> Fuck the engines, man. Those we, aren't alive. We need an app. Uh, do the seagulls, <laughs> do the seagulls die? die? <laughs> uh, and it's it has movies where Jason Seagull dies. Jason <laughs> <laughs> But just mixed in with all the other movies. And, it's, and, St- and Steven Seagal movies as well. <laughs> and there's none of them. He doesn't die in any of his movies. Yeah, he, he refuses to. Uh, kid, I, I wouldn't die in that, well, in that movie. Maybe the movies where his career dies. Maybe. All of them? I don't know. I've, been, I've, no, never, no, seen, I've never seen a Steven Seagal No, film. he has great movies. Yeah, I've like, heard like what, uh, out, out to Kill or what? There's like, so many. After a while, they look at a list. Like they used to marathon on AMC all the time. My mom, I think it's like a it's a it's a Portuguese mother thing. <laughs> or so like I have friends too. Like they'll say that their mom fucking adores Steven Seagal movies. Hmm. And it's like I think it's like a Portuguese thing. Maybe I should get my mom to like start a Steven Seagal curious. Oh my god, Seagal cast. Seagal cast. <laughs> Yeah, he has uh, some good ones, but I think like the 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 last couple of decades have been not amazing. I don't know. 
There'll be, be your next cast of Seagal Carriers. Uh, all right, my next note is Hot and Tot. <laughs> what, what country are you from? Hot and Tot. <laughs> H-O-T-N-T-O-T. That's how the subtitle spelt it. Um, Sean Connery saves the day in this movie, yeah. ultimately, because he comes along in the boat. Yeah. And Guns a-blazing. Guns, well, guns yeah. a-blazing. So many double crosses at the end. Yep. It's a game uh, of chess, man. Like that last sequence is it's fucking chess, dude. Just pawn here, rook yeah. here, and then like just the right. Like that And then that, just a grenade. That pistol was the fucking pawn that like took out the queen, dude. Like just fantastic. It's, honestly, if if nothing else, I would recommend watch the ending of this movie. Not the last scene. Because that's just a happy... The last, like, up. hour, half hour. No, no. The last 20 minutes. I'd 20 say. minutes? Yeah, I'd say watch the last 20 minutes of this movie. Because hmm. that's, I'd say, where that sequence takes place. Yeah, it's about, yeah. Yeah. So. And know that before that, there is a moment, there's a fight where somebody loses a gun near a child, and the child takes the gun and, and kind of keeps it hidden. So... That's the setup, and then just go watch the last 20 minutes of Action of the Tiger. If you can find it, don't pay for it. We did. We, yeah. we did for you. Yeah. If you guys if you guys write in and would like us to send you this DVD, if you're local in Rhode Island, we'll meet up with you, and we'll watch this with you. Just don't pay money for it. Let us well, take the No, ball. we won't watch it with you. We'll sell it to you. <laughs> for at least $13. 22 $22. Don't remind me. <laughs> um, no, no, that's what we'll charge them. Oh, yes, 22. <laughs> Got to make something back. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, keep the lights on here. <laughs> that's our business. We sell bad Sean Connery movies to people. Exactly, exclusively. <laughs> but double the price. We've got like 900 copies of 1998's <laughs> The Avengers, so if anybody could help us out. <laughs> so... We can't we'll sign burn these fast enough. <laughs> and I don't mean like burning a DVD. I mean toss them into a fire. <laughs> My last note is Florence Nightingale because he calls her Florence Nightingale. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know what Florence Nightingale is, so I'm going to look that up right she's now. Like a, she's like a, oh, she's like a nurse or something. She's like a famous nurse, I believe. Florence Nightingale was an English social reformer, statistician, and the founder of modern nursing. Nightingale came to prominence while serving as a manager and trainer of nurses during the Crimean War, in which she organized care for wounded soldiers at Constantinople. She greatly reduced death rates by improving hygiene and living standards. Cool. Well, there you go. Dope. She lived to 90. Wow. I'm going to read more about her. Anyway, so if if Action of the Tiger has taught us anything, it's uh, to go look up more important things. Yeah. Like the woman that, you know, made modern nursing what it is. Or the kiss guitarist that knows how to make a good pancake. Yeah, Bruce Kulick, dude. Everyone should just look up Bruce Kulick because he's the man. That's your, that's your that's your homework. Incredible. Besides watching the film that we're gonna roll on the wheel later, uh, other homework is watch all of the Animalized tour. It's yeah. on YouTube. We found like uh, one show from like I don't know where they were at, but um, made their like DVD, I guess. Hot take: 
Bruce looks the best kiss guitarist. I, I love can, Ace. I, I know that's blasphemous that. to say that. I can and agree Ace with that. Ace is the best guitarist for Kiss. Yeah. For the Kiss that people know as Kiss, Ace Fraley is the man. That's why Tommy Thayer dresses as Ace Fraley. Yeah, he, the licks are just like his. Like it's so like, tasty. Yeah. But um But Bruce Kulick was the best guitar player to come yeah. through. Yeah, sometimes it's like the it's the less famous guys. Like Who's your favorite guitar player in Aerosmith? Well, I mean, Brad Whitford does kind of hold it down. That's what I'm saying. Brad yeah. Whitford's my favorite guitar player from like Aerosmith. Joe Perry's a great lead player, but Brad Whitford's rhythm playing is weird, and I love it. Yeah, but in his solos, are like you know, I, I get saying Joe likes to be <clears throat> sloppy, but like a nice Brad Whitford lead man. Mm. Was it Ragdoll? I think Last Child. Song. Last Child's his song. Um. Oh my god! Just so good. I met him. I got to meet him years ago in Boston. Oh, yeah. I think I think I told that story. Like no, do tell. It was like long story short. They were playing. Aerosmith was playing a free show for like election day. Oh, you did tell me this. Yes, but, but can, recount. But yeah, so like they were playing in front of their old apartment in Boston. So me and my friends, we got on a bus yes, like yes. at like seven a.m. We got to the city. We have no idea where we're going. We're trying to get directions to like the place and it was like basically in the center of the city but like we went around the entire city trying uh, to get there we missed the entire show oh. um we said fuck it we're in fucking boston for the day let's hang out we got some fucking food we went to a guitar center that's like nearby and we're playing guitars and bullshitting for a couple hours then finally we're like let's go outside and get ready to leave then my friend uh, Jeremy, who was with Jeremy and Mike, they're both brothers that we went together with. Um, he was not Mike trying, from this movie. Not Mike from this movie. No, complete opposite. Um, and we decided, like, yeah, we should just get going, and perfect timing because Mike was like, "Yeah, I'm all set. We can go." And we walk down the street, coming through a, a ho- front of a hotel. Who walks out? Brad Whitford. Hmm. Still in, like his stage like attire, like a cowboy hat. Both, and shit. both the musician and the film actor. <laughs> Mm. Bradley Whitford. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I never made that connection. Um, but yeah, he, he was, was like great. Eric in uh, Billy Madison. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah long story short, Brad Whitford's a great guy, great guitar player, and I loved listening to him talk about styles and stuff and what he was into. Is that your hand? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh just, thing. I'm fidgeting. Oh, just just curious. I was picking up. Like, Connery curious? I'm very curious. Mm. Well, that's awesome. That Brad Woodford's a nice guy. Yeah. Seems like Aerosmith's probably friendly people. Joy Kramer sucks. Yeah. He's an asshole. Okay. Sorry that about sense. that. I met him at a stop and shop. Really? Yeah. Just getting groceries? No, nah, he was like promoting his coffee. Oh. Uh, and yeah. yeah, he just, I kind of walked up and he's like, where's your coffee? I was like, oh, shit. And I grabbed the guy. I was excited to meet him. Now I was gonna plan on buying one. So I guess he was wanting me to have one in my hand. I guess. So like I kind of had it, and I tried the coffee earlier that day. You know, passing it out. Was it any good? Yeah, it was good. It was okay. And then I said that to him. I was like, "Hey, by the way, the coffee's great." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. I made it." It was kind of like a Goldfinger. I own the club moment. Did you shit it out of your? Goodness, is that what you're saying to me, Joey I, Kramer? I guess, and he was just kind of <laughs> like, yeah. And if you look, I, I have the picture somewhere. If I find it, I'll, I'll post it somewhere. Of like just me with my arm around Joey Kramer and his arms just to his side, and he just looks appalled to be there. 
And that's why I met Joey Kramer. So you should have also just stood with your arms to your side, <laughs> looking up all to be there. All right, let's just look, both look miserable because this sucks. Yeah. So your so, coffee yeah. sucks. So that's the thing. It's your drumming is pretty good. Yeah. That's that's yeah. So that's, I think I'm not a drummer. If I was a drummer, I would have been more offended, probably. If like Slash told me to go fuck myself. Oh, don't get your sticks in a twist there. <laughs> I met Slash too, but that, that was really quick. The handshake and said thanks for the music because I didn't know what to say to him. It's pretty cool. But anyways, uh, where did you meet him? That was at the house. No, that was in Providence. That was at um, what's it called now? Strand. Oh, yeah, it was Heartbreak, Heartbreak Hotel back then. Did you still see Lupo's. him there? Yeah, he played. He played a solo show. Like Whoa. with this Miles Kennedy. Oh, wow, yeah. Like it was dope. We're front row, like right there. Nice. And like we waited for like th- three hours from like oh, come wow. out to the back alley. And I was like, let's meet him. He signed my ticket. And that was cool. <laughs> I'm going to say he signed my tits. <laughs> he signed my tits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, a, I have a tattooed right here. <laughs> oh, my so God. I, thanks for the music. Uh, and just lean forward. Hope you kept that ticket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, yeah. Like, I got that tattooed on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got like uh, the t- yeah the ticket signed, and I, I, I have a pick that I got when he played in Boston one time. And that was cool to have a, like his pick. Very very heavy picks he plays. He plays the highest gauge of uh, Tortexes. Fun fact for you guitar mm. nerds. I use a pretty high gauge of Tortex. What do you yeah. use? The purple. Yeah, that's that's what I use. Yeah, the purple. The I use the blue, which is the next one down. Yeah, so I use the purple. What ones. does he want? What does he use? And like his, he had like it was like they were purple too. But they had like his, so I think yeah. was, I think they were Tortex, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. And I'm like, oh, I this is brought to you by Tortex. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, not. please, please sponsor us. I'm always losing we, your. Picks. I love your picks, dude. Tortex, dude. Tortex, bro. Dunlop Tortex picks. I buy the blue ones in bulk. Let me see that. Yes, it's that. They're great. They're my favorite picks. Oh, I've, yeah, used, I've says, used those. Yeah, it's like pretty one, much my whole life. Yeah, it's one more for me. Yeah, but it's like that's kind of nice too. I, I like the stiffness. Yeah, and you get more attack on your on your play. I can't stand a weak pick. Yeah, yes, weak picks. Now, what gauge strings do you use? Uh it varies. Um, so I just got these for acoustic. They're extra light. Double O nine to O four five. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's like what more of a lower gauge. Yeah, I, I like lighter strings. Yeah, Billy Gibbons told the story about um, how he met BB King. He played his guitar, and they were hanging out backstage. And Billy's like, "Holy shit, these strings are like fucking thread." And they're <laughs> like, "It's like, yeah, maybe I can do the eight gauges and like get more. Get, why, why are you working so hard yeah. to get the sounds you want? Like, you know, yeah, it's those old blues guys with the crazy bending and all that." Mm. But like, yeah, he's like, why are you working so hard? So yeah, I've only played lower or uh, higher gauge strings when I'm doing lower tunings, but I don't really do any lower tunings for anything. Yeah, I just stick at like a twelve or ten, depending. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm calloused up, I go down a little bit. On twelves, I have a twelve string acoustic behind you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but like, um, need to restring that. Those are better restring, I'm sure. Uh, it's not that hard. It's just double the work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, Action of the Tiger. I think we're done talking about <laughs> Action of the Tiger. Yeah, man, let's get our ratings and, and uh, get ready for next week. Which, fingers crossed, something uh, a little more Connery I would kill exciting. for a Bond film, or I would kill for just like I said last week, just something calm. 
yeah. with no action mm. at all. No action. Like, I want the most action to be the threat of a punch and a sport being played. Yeah. Like, that's... I need something low-key. So let's, let's fingers crossed. So. Yeah. All right, so should we do the ratings? Yeah, let's do our ratings. Right. Here at Connery Curious, if you guys know, we do several ratings for films. We do a all-in-all Connery rating of how we thought Sean Connery's performance yes. was. And rating do... specifically Connery himself. Yes. And then we move on to the actual film and what we think of that. We'll get the 10-point scale. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh yes, so we yes, we rate both Connery as I think I think we kind of group them together. It's him, him as an actor and him as a character. Yeah. So the way I've been kind of ranking that is like I let I rank him as an actor first. So I let that carry all the weight and then I let his character subtract from it. Okay. You know what I mean? Um you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So to go back to, to our previous ratings, um, my Sean rating for uh, the man who would be king. Uh, no, that's not a good example. Let's go with... Yeah, let's go with Sword of the Valiant. That's a good one. So I gave him a 7.5 in Sword of the Valiant. And I thought that was because... I'm sorry, I'm getting really close to the mic. Um, <clears throat> he is committing to the role like a nine. He's really committed to that because he's given some good lines of dialogue. But then you take away those two and a half, or one and a half points to bring it a 7.5 because the character is goofy and the movie is goofy and it takes away from his ability to give the best performance. Right. And his character is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that plays heavily into my decision of things. Is the character an asshole? That's not his fault. But clearly he was cast in that role for some... some Terrence Young was... if Or whoever was in charge of the casting for this clearly went, yeah, he can play a rapist. You know what I mean? So, all right, let's go to the, let's go to Action of the Tiger on our Connery Curious spreadsheet. All righty, let's rank Sean first. What are you going to give him? A two. I got to give him a two. I, I would give him a one, but just that last scene kind of saved it for me. Because I'm like, okay, at least I'm going to see Connery in action. And, like, this is kind of like the foreshadowing of Bond in, like, five yeah. years. And you get a little bit of action during the bar fight. Yeah, the bar fight was really which good, is, too. Which is, it's kind of passive action. Which I like that the most. Yeah. Because he's just, like, sloppy and and drunkenly, the, what is it, like, drunken master or drunken monkey or something like drunken that? Drunken monkey, yeah. Where he's just moving through the chaos without getting hit at all. Yeah. It's really beautiful to watch. Yeah, um so, and he looks really good. Yeah, so like if 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 we didn't have that creepy scene on the boat, I could have gave him a 7, you know. Yeah. I would have been like great cuz you know, we can't give him too high of a point because he's barely in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, What's just his cumulative scream time? Scream? Screen time, you think? Probably 6 minutes. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe, six like, maybe 10. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. 
he's in less than 10 percent of this movie yeah because like i think i think i turned to you at one point and i said you know i realized sean connery's not in this movie i forgot that we were doing a connery mm. film yeah yeah there were a couple of points which, for sure yeah, which is great because yeah it shows how great the other actors are mm. um well hold, hold on i'm gonna i'll be right back i'm just gonna grab the box for this movie because even the description of of the film on the back relies on Sean Connery. Yeah. I'll be right back. Keep talking. Yeah, they really sell it where they're like, this movie is one thing, but don't worry. Dr. Notes <laughs> is coming soon, I guess. It's almost here. It's almost coming. With that, you know. Yeah, read, read the description there. Okay, I'm back. On our ancient Blu-ray. Action of the Tiger. Here's the Blu-ray description. Van Johnson is Carson, a mercenary sea captain willing to do anything if the price is right. In this Cold War adventure set amidst the wilds of Greece and Albania, French bombshell Martine Carroll makes her English language French... Uh, er, I'm sorry, her English language feature film debut as Tracy. I think she was dubbed. She must have been dubbed. Yeah. The wealthy French woman able to pay Carson's price and induce him to undertake a daring rescue mission inside communist Albania. But their troubles are just beginning when they cross the border, and the mission grows larger and more complicated when their group is taken captive by guerrillas, led by the rogue Trifon, a scene-stealing Herbert Lom. Oh boy, was that... Hold on. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. What? He, that was a Czech actor. He was Czech. Oh my God. Have you, okay. Forgive me. I knew I knew the name. Have you seen the Pink Panther films? Yeah. He's, he's Inspector Dreyfus. Oh my God. Wow. No shit. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Also, that that's crazy. Nineteen seventeen. Well, September eleventh, nineteen seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Damn, huh? All right, I'm sorry. Um, that's really weird. That that just doesn't. <sighs> yeah, I guess I was just kind of maybe not checked out, but just not paying attention that I didn't notice that that was a man in brown face. Wow. Okay. Um, in a scene stealing, a scene stealing Herbert Lom, that, that is why I put the heart there. Cause he did start to steal the scenes, mm. but then it was like, Oh God, you're trying to assault the scenes. Yeah. Um, playing a loutish drunken mate, drunken first mate is a young Sean Connery working with action director Terrence Young for the first time. Five years later, Connery and Young would make film history with the franchise-defining Dr. No. Okay, and that's where the description ends. So, also on the back of the box is, When the blast of war blows in our ears, quote, William Shakespeare, Henry V. Um, but it's presented like a, a critic review of the movie on the box. It's like, <laughs> like, like you'd see, like Van Johnson is charismatic and and you know what I mean, and Martine Carroll is stunning, but it 
you know, it, but it's when the blast of war blows in our ears, William Shakespeare. <laughs> like, oh, cool. In Shakespeare's magazine, Henry V, he gave our movie a good review, I think. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know what? To go back to that point, I uh, to our Connery rating, I'm going to agree with you, Mario. I'm giving him a two. Yeah. Yeah. The... I didn't even realize the fucking uncomfortable scene is on the cover. Oh my god, it is. If you look up the poster for this film, it's yeah, it's got Connery attempting to rape Martine Carroll's character. Oh boy, I didn't even notice that. I thought that was like a passionate kiss. Yeah, first. it makes it look like it. Doesn't but also, it? like again, I was barely paying attention, and when you really pay attention to it, it's like, oh yeah, she's pulling away from him. Oh gosh. So yeah, I'm giving this I'm giving Sean a 2 out of 10 as well. Um because he is an awful human in this. Action of the Tiger. Sean Connery gets a 2. Uh what are we giving this as a film? As a film. I think, you know, we mentioned before, great plot. Yes. Surprisingly, some great beautiful plot. visuals at yeah. times. Yeah, not like, all of them, but at times. Yeah, some of them can be very clearly well green screened, but then you had like, not green screen, but like studio, studio rear projection. Yeah, um, like that's great. Oh my you know? god, can we talk about the car? <laughs> like right out, like the third scene in the movie, they get into a car with the rear projection. And it is just vibrating up and down <laughs> so constantly. To pull back to that last week's episode when we mentioned Tomorrow Never Dies, yeah. uh, Bond's getting his mission in the car, and the car's just shaking as they're all holding the drinks, and you hear the clinking. And uh, <laughs> this was that as well. Yeah, it was. Like They're perfectly fine. Would you say they were driving to the gravel factory? Yeah, like, yeah, wh- where are you taking me now? It's like, to the gravel factory. We had to tell by the road. And during that scene, there's a horn that honks from another car. And it, my, I just went, oh, it's another car going, your car is bouncing up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 1957, so we don't have, like, lowrider technology yet. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, uh, so as a film, what are you giving this? I think I'll give it like a six. A six? I was gonna go four. I don't know. I'm not saying you have to change it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm giving it a four. You want to give it a six? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to lock it in. Maybe a five. Five, a five seems fair, just because. You know what? Like there's like there's good stuff in it. Yeah, like, you've convinced me. I'm giving it a five. Yeah, because I don't mean to be so just that sway great. with the wind. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. That last sequence really saved the movie for, yeah. for me from like being completely under. Yeah, the, there were some scenes that really saved yeah. things, like the double crossing. Yeah, um, just made it like really attentive because sometimes these older films I tend to tune out really easily and i kind of was at some point for this but then like that last end i'm like okay holy shit the bar fight was good yeah but that doesn't justify the whole movie maybe i should go back to a four yeah Mm. 4.5 this doesn't go that tall (laughs) 
Like, oh, Trifun. Oh, God. Yeah, Trifun's rough. Yeah, I'm going back to a four. All right. Stay um, four. I, I got to stay planted. I can't keep swaying with the wind. Where are you going? Five. Five? All right. Solid five. All right, folks, to recap Action of the Tiger. We have watched it. 1957's Action of the Tiger. Mario and I, as a film, Mario gives it a five. I give it a four. Sean Connery, we're rating him in this film. We both gave him a two. Oh, boy. So, you know what that means. It's my favorite time of the the podcast. And we're doing it together. Oh my god, are you excited? For I'm this? so excited. Oh my god. Oh it's my god. time as at the end of each episode we roll the wheel of curiosities to get the next Okay. Connery film and Checkity check. All right, I'm just delaying it cuz I'm it's too exciting the tension is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are we ready, folks? Wheel of curiosities. Cuba. Cuba. Okay. Cuba. Which All one's right. Cuba? Let's look up Cuba. Uh, from 1979. Okay. Cuba. We'll the 70s. Is a 1979 American adventure thriller film. Uh, I hope there's not a bunch of action. Directed by Richard Lester. Okay. Huh. He directed Hard Day's Night and Help and Superman 2 after they kicked Richard Donner off it. Holy yeah, shit. Well, I don't like his cut of Superman 2. Mm. Um, he added all the goofy stuff. Um, but yeah, Hard Day's Night and Help director Richard Lester, starring Sean Connery, portraying the build-up to the 1958 Cuban Revolution, filmed in Panavision. Um, so Connery is leading this film, for sure. Sean Connery, Brooke Adams, Denholm Elliott, Martin Balsam, Chris Sarandon, so good cast here. Walter Gattel. Oh, there's a Bond connection. Ooh. He's uh, uh, General Go- Gogol. Oh, yes. Yeah, Why Love Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. All righty. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, oh, never. Mm, I, I don't know. I didn't mean to retract that instantly, but <laughs> Cuba received mostly negative reviews for, from critics. Okay. Um, well, we'll find out when we watch it, I guess. It's, yeah. it's up to us to decide. I really like this poster. It's a really nicely drawn oh, poster. Oh, he has like a pencil mustache? Yeah. Is he playing oh. a Cuban character? Major Robert Dapes. Uh, former British major and mercenary. All right, so he's no. British. Um, hmm. Well, that's a good cast here. The same historical events were featured five years earlier in The Godfather 2 and would be covered again in Sidney Pollock's film, uh, excuse me, Sidney Pollock's 1990 film Havana, starring Robert Redford. Lester's film is perhaps the most stylish of the three. Okay. All right. Huh. All righty. Look at that. Learning things every day. All right, well, our next film will be 1979's Cuba, or Cuba. Cuba. So uh, I recommend you go to your local library or, yeah, you know what? Start there. Go to your local library and 
check if they have it. I got, I found mine at the local library. Okay. Um, spoilers, I have got all these movies beforehand. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't, I just seemed, I don't know why I just lost the plot there entirely. <laughs> um, yeah, go, go watch Cuba, Cuba along with us. Yeah, we'll be back here oh. next Sunday and reviewing it, and you guys can write in. Let us know how you guys felt about the film. Yeah, let us know how you felt about Action of the Tiger. All right, well, hold on. Let's let's ask this: Would you show Action of the Tiger to somebody? No, no, neither would I. No, I think we asked that already. But yeah, yeah, just not not gonna rewatch. No, nope, I'm never gonna rewatch you this. Know, just maybe that end scene. Yeah, maybe just for the tension. Yeah, but. Also, it's it's nice to like think of yourself in that kind of tension, like where something, that that kind of tension where you need to make one move, you have to make it. You can't tell anyone else you're making it, and as soon as you make it, everyone's got to follow your lead and fuck and like move, move quick. Like that's something I think about all the time. So it was a very like, it's not happened to me, but it's a, a fear I've had for a while. So it added to the tension of that scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I don't mean to keep discussing this film that we didn't really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So high hopes for Cuba. High hopes for Cuba. Uh, we'll have some fun there. So, guys, if you guys well, we'll have see. Not... We may not have any fun. But... <laughs> so we'll watch that and come back next week. That's it. Yeah, so follow us on the various forms of social media. Uh, hit us up uh, Twitter, uh, at CuriousPod. Uh, see all the updates from there when we're posting, all Instagram, that great stuff. Instagram, at ConnoryCurious. Yep. Um, or is it Connery Curious podcast? Oh, it's Connery Curious. It is Connery Curious. Um, and then email us any questions, comments, or concerns over at ConnoryCurious at gmail.com. There it is. And, and uh, you can find me on uh, on Instagram at Titus Compositions. And you can follow me at friggin' nerd underscore mar or follow over on the friggin' nerds media. Mar, M A R. M A R, yep. And not enough characters put. The I.O., I guess. (laughs) So (laughs) I was kind of stuck there. Um, But yeah, follow us on all that, and we'll be back next week. Sean Connery will return. Yeah, that's that's true. In Cuba. It's it's good. It's good that at least he's he's starring in this, and we'll definitely see more of him. Yeah. I had another note to make, but now I can't remember it. Hmm. If it comes to you, you can insert it in here. Yeah, I guess we'll just go with that. Um. All right, folks, this has been Connery Curious. I'm Mario Lima. I'm Dylan Titus. Stay curious. Stay curious. Bye. Connery Curious! You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggin' Nerds Media production. For more content, be sure to follow us on various forms of social media by searching Connery Curious. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Yeah.